It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Security threats are everywhere. But with Xfinity XFi, you're notified of threats to your in-home Wi-Fi network, so all your connected devices are protected. That's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit today. Restrictions apply. This is the place that has no boundaries. No windows where the light of day might shine through. The only light here is that of a single, solitary candle. And perhaps, the illumination of the mind. If you are fascinated by the world of strange, or perhaps like to gather in those dimly lit corners, and converse with those individuals who may not walk to the beat of this world's drum, then step across the threshold that leads to the room under the stairs. Caden, and, and we are the people under the stairs. Can you hear me okay, Stan? I can hear you, Paul, but uh, as usual with technical problems that we have on our show, if we're not physically present, you must speak directly in the mic area. <laughs> <laughs> I am speaking. I thought I heard a little bit of a hiss in there. I hope that doesn't uh, show up for our, uh, our viewers, <laughs> our, our listeners. Well, that seems to be a Skype issue, but uh, I, I've heard that on several broadcasts, no matter who I'm broadcasting with. But that's for a whole other show. All right. So today, uh, jumping over on topic, uh, I think it was just this week that NASA released some footage of uh, pictures, a video actually taken from Mars and with uh, a, a audio recording that they said was... Uh, seismic activity, the first seismic activity that they recorded on Mars. And some people heard this and said, well, that doesn't sound like an earthquake. That doesn't sound like seismic activity. That sounds um, uh, kind of underground train system or uh, something going underneath, you know, uh, the, the rover. And so it sparked this whole conversation amongst people you know is there life on mars is it underground subterranean cities this has been a, a theory for a while and naturally we're not going to come on this show and tell you there's life on mars and uh, underground cities on the red planet um, but we think it 
asks a uh, an interesting question. You know, what if there was life on Mars? What if there's life out there somewhere? And what would happen if and when we make contact with it? A lot of people say that it would uh, completely destroy all of our uh, religious ideas and, and faiths. It would have, you know, such a great impact on uh, society as a whole, everything we ever believed in, uh, our, our laws and understanding of physics and the universe. It could really uh, uh, send, uh, you know, our society, our world uh, topsy-turvy. So that's going to be the subject of our discussion today. And Stan, what uh, chime in on this? What, what do you think about the uh, seismic activity on Mars? And uh, what if it turned out to be something or someone? How would that impact our world? That's uh, when we were talking about discussing this uh, for the audience out there, and welcome everybody. The first thing I I said is the same disclo- disclosure that that you know that disclaimer rather that Paul's uh, you know had at the beginning there. When we do a show like Under the Stairs and we deal with the paranormal or things to do with UFOs or the possibility of those things, I don't want to take the wildest, craziest absurd type of scenario and then say that's what it is you know it could be that or whatever uh i try and take a really reasoned approach to these things and believe it or not when you're asking me what my spin is yeah a scientist the government uh very important people really take this whole uh you know this this whole question that we're discovering we're discussing very serious uh the the, and and the the issue is if we discover aliens what's our protocol for making contact you know and uh, if people think that's a wild uh, speculation for you or i to make or a wild show well that's why we sent voyager and that's why why carl sagan and everybody else and the united nations had that golden record that they made with all the uh, sounds of uh, you know people on Earth and the animals and mathematics and do you remember that Paul? Uh, I do. That, that, yeah, and it's it's still traveling through the universe. Now my spin on it uh, is the same as uh, scientists. It is conceivable that humans uh, are going to or could someday discover aliens. I don't think it's a given. Uh, you know that that we're you know that we're going to have contact there there are no givens with things like that but it, it is conceivable and we are scouring the cosmos looking for radio signals uh and we're not capable of interstellar travel right now but it is remotely possible according to the scientific reports uh that uh you know we might be able to find somebody or some inkling of somebody in the solar system or more importantly there's other people here uh you know looking towards our way you know doing the same type of thing now without getting long-winded when you're talking about the seismic activity believe it or not one of the scenarios uh and uh this is uh, a scenario from uh, several scientists that they say uh, life could theor- theoretically exist on Mars or on Europa, which is a moon of J- uh, Jupiter, uh, which appears to have an underground ocean. And it's even possible, though very, very unlikely, that these nearby life forms could be sentient, which means that they think 
Mm -hmm. Uh, And another thing, a serious thing that scientists have speculated on is, no, there's not, uh, you, uh, you, you know, there's not a whole secret hidden world underneath Mars. But if there are aliens... Uh, from other parts of the solar system and they do not wish to be found uh, or they do not wish to engage with us right now, they might be in some of these planets kind of in a hidden form uh, where this is kind of like an observation post kind of thing. And they're they're kind of anthropologists from another civilization. Now, isn't that wild? To, to think about that. Uh, and if you think that I'm giving you crazy stuff, well, where does some of the stuff come to come from? Number one, uh, the famous scientist and senior astronomer, astronomer for SETI, you know, the search for extraterrestrial life in a, that the Institute that's in Mountain View, California, Seth uh, Sostak. Uh, he, you know, talks about this uh, all the time. Uh, you know, these kind of scenarios is, you know, is the life form possibly more advanced? Uh, his point of view is that if we ever discover it, it's probably something not as advanced as us. And just to hijack the show a little bit longer, Paul, for one minute, something I've known for decades is that the United States government since the 1950s has serious protocols as to what our government would do in the event that an alien life force uh, presented itself to our government, to the world. Think about that. And your reactions, Paul. Uh, Yeah, they they definitely do. And, uh, you know, it it makes a body wonder because, uh, as we talked about before the podcast, uh, people have seen strange things, you know, in, in the sky for years, you know, around the Earth and uh, even some of the, the fighter pilots in World War Two and, or, you know, right down to very trained men and women in the military today. Um, some of it can be explained. There's a percentage of it that cannot be. So if they are from, you know, somewhere out there, they're they're making their way to us. Uh, why haven't they made themselves known yet? Are are they just studying us, as you said, anthropologists from uh, you know another planet somewhere, uh, mm-hmm. ob- observing us, taking down the data, or maybe saying, "Hey, uh, these people are a little too crazy to you know, a little too mm-hmm. savage, to make any contact with." Well, that's the you know that's kind of the science fiction uh, assumption uh, that, believe it or not, is in these reports, and it, it's kind of what our thinking level uh, leads us to. But scientists seem to have all you know lots of different uh, scenarios. Uh, the the one is uh, the one from uh, Seth Sotash from SETI is is saying, hey, you know, if we, you know if we do find something on Mars or we do find something on Europa, it's probably going to be a very much lower life um, form than we are, uh, you know. So we'll take samples, collect it, and bring it back to Earth. But here's the one that I know you and I have discussed, and like artificial intelligence. Uh, that issue, it, it kind of worries me and lots of other scientists. Uh, what if the technological capabilities of, of an alien life force were way superior or superior to us? 
what would be the result of that? Uh, you know, what type of what type of steps should we take, and what kind of impact would that have on people? Now think of it, we're, we're always scouring the cosmos all the time for life forms. What do you think the probability will be that an alien life form will be equal to ours in the sense will be the same as ours? It's either going to be greater than ours or less than ours, right? The probability? That's probably what it's going to be. So that means yeah. it's kind of a, it's kind of a fifty fifty percent crapshoot, right? Yeah, they, they could be they could be much older than we are, much more advanced. Uh, yeah, we could be looking at something we we don't even understand. It would it would be like uh, as they say that the human trying to uh, communicate with the ant. You know, it, it just wouldn't be uh, possible, actually. Right. Right. Uh, you know, uh, going back to that book that I mentioned on our last thing about viruses, the, the famous uh, anthropological uh, book on guns, germs, and steel, uh, the premise of the book, again, I'll remind folks, and I, I don't think I'm getting overly academic, is that whenever one culture has met another culture, the culture that came out as top dog always had – there was always a factor that made that happen. One was guns, germs, or steel. And it meant technology, uh, you know, aggressiveness, or some type of disease process. And just think of it: uh, th is there ever been anything on Earth where, uh, you know, if it was the white settlers coming to our country, did they treat the Indians fairly? I don't think so. No. Uh, no, or, or you know, when when the explorers came and they came to different countries and and they 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 landed, what did they bring? Measles, chickenpox, uh, syphilis, all the shit that killed people. And they also challenged uh, they also challenged the prevailing beliefs, right? If if it was a Christian society, what did they do? They said, "Oh, we're going to make everybody, uh, we're going to make the world wonderful for Christianity." And guess what? If you don't want to be a Christian, we're going to burn you at the stake. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, wh what do you what do you think, Paul? What do you think would happen uh, in in terms of the mentality of people? Uh, you do a lot of spiritual things. What do you think would happen uh, to human beings if all of a sudden these aliens came? Do you think their belief in God or spirituality or other things would be uh, seriously uh, harmed or helped? I, you know, I'm a little bit of a skeptic on that one. That, that I think uh, it would be more harmed than helped. I think a lot of people would. Uh, you know, really panic and think, what does this mean? Uh, you have the idea from the uh, the very fundamentalist religious people that, you know, uh, aliens or anything from the, the stars is not uh, an alien, it's a demon. So I think there would be a lot of panic. I think there would be a lot of uh, uh, insanity going on, people looking to burn uh, these things at the stake. And if they happen to come in peace, well, they might not come in peace for very long because You'd have a bunch of dopes out there trying to uh, to lynch them, and uh, there's still people that hold that old belief. You know, no, there's not. There's no life out there. We are it because we're special because God made us special and put us here. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's a very, a very dangerous belief that I think could uh, really shipwreck a lot of people as far as their religious institutions and their their faith goes. And ironically, I think the people who would be most prepared for something like that would be uh, the the Muslims. And I'm not talking about the uh, the radicals. I'm talking about the uh, normal people. Uh, because the Quran actually states that God is the creator of the worlds, not just this one, but others. And it states that he made us, but also other worlds, other life forms. And if it be his will in the future, we would come together. So they're mm-hmm. actually more, more prepared saying, you know, you know, God is bigger than just this little planet, this little blue dot, you know, uh, uh, that's uh, a microbe in the, the, the wake of the cosmos. Uh, they they would probably be more prepared for something like that than uh, a lot of Christians would be because, you know, uh, they have the idea that, you know, we're it. And if there's mm-hmm. anything else, it's, it's, it's gotta be bad. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think it would wreak havoc on uh, quite a number of people. I think there would, there, there would be some others that would be uh, a little more open-minded to receive such a thing and not be so, uh, ruined uh, you know in their uh, their particular chosen fate mm-hmm. you know it's really curious the if you know uh, we talk about religion and the church or just people in general or you know our culture uh and we have so many different cultures on our planet uh you know think of the the, uh, the it's not like the um uh, like the planet Earth is like the United Federation of Earth or something like that that you see in a science fiction movie. It's almost like all different planets right here on Earth. There's so many different kinds of cultures. But the one factor that is uh, refreshingly uh, seems to be um, of one mindset is the military. <laughs> and right. it, it's really funny. I have to uh, – if any of you want to go to a great site, go to the Black Vault and I mentioned that again. It's it's it is kind of a conspiracy site, but it's a, a site that gets released documents from Freedom of Information from the government, and they've been doing it for decades. And you can put whatever you want in. It's very entertaining for movie stars, but UFO, all these kinds of things. But this this idea of of aliens, uh, you know, arriving on Earth, is something that scared the bejesus out of the military in the late '40s, early '50s during the UFO craze, because there were UFOs cited over the White House and Harry Truman actually, you know, directed the FBI and CIA and everybody else said, what the hell is going on? And what came out of that is the military speculating, you know, what the heck would they do uh, in those things? And evidently, one of the things that they developed in addition to other things was a, a position of what they call seven steps to contact Mm-hmm. Where the military, and I think this is pretty much still, uh, the, you know, there are scenarios that spin off this, where they lay out the logical steps that we would take if we discovered creatures with roughly, you know, human level intelligence. And that could mean, you know, roughly equivalent, roughly superior, roughly inferior. Uh, and it's amazing. I'm, I'm trying to look at some notes that I took uh, on some of this stuff, and it says, according to some of the steps, we would we would begin with remote surveillance and data gathering. We would eventually move on to covert visitations with the goal of gauging the performance characteristics of the aliens' vehicles and weaponry. How do you like that, folks? 
That's that's yeah. There and doesn't that make sense? What they're doing is they're viewing you know alien people. They're talking about sneaking up on them and scouting them, scouting them out, and saying you know what are their vehicles like? What are their capabilities? Uh, the same thing you would do is if you were, you know, checking out Japan prior to World War II, or you know, sending submarines to check out the Soviet Union years ago. Uh, and here's what it says also. If we judged our technological capabilities to be superior, we would attempt near approaches to them or to the planet to determine whether the alien beings were hostile and if so, by what means. If all went well, we would then make brief touchdowns in isolated areas, securing specimens of plants, animals, and get this one, and of the intelligent beings themselves – in other words, this phase would involve non-harmful abductions similar to those reported by some Americans. Uh, can, can, you, can you imagine that, Chip? Now, I, now here, it, I, I didn't even have this note in my mind when I was talking about the guns, germs, and steels thing. Like when one person is superior to another in a culture, they always take advantage of them. And what are we basically saying? Yeah, we'll sneak up on you. We'll check it out. And if we can, if we feel comfortable that we're stronger, stronger than you, we'll do a not, we'll kind of hijack, we'll kidnap you in a kind way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. History repeats itself even on other planets. And I, that immediately brings the question to my mind, well, that's all well and fine if you find life out there on another planet or, you know, another planet's moon. But what are, what's the protocol? What the hell are they going to do if they just show up in our skies? Like, bam, here we are. Uh, that, not like you can sneak up on them and start taking data at that point. <laughs> that That's exactly right. That was, that was the next, um, that was the next part of the scenario. Alien overlords. What happens if there's a race of aliens who were orders of magnitude? That means way smarter than us. What if, if what if there are people out there who are capable of interstellar spaceflight, uh, who have a base someplace in our solar system? Now, you know, I was just kind of boo-hoo, you know, poo-pooing that with you before we started the show. But here it is. We're saying we would do the same damn thing. Am I right? <laughs> Set up a base. So why wouldn't somebody from another uh, civilization do, use the same intelligence gathering on us? You know, a big question would be would how to make sense of one another. You know, I mean, do you and I reason with animals or reason with um, uh, birds or do we reason with insects or things like that? We can't reason with them. Uh, how would we how would we communicate? How would we get along? How would we function as another sentient group of uh, of beings with a species that was so much more intelligent than we were? What would we be? Would, would we be like a pet? Would be would we be like livestock or some creature from another planet that should be put in a zoo? You know, what would the consequences of that be? What do you think, yeah. Paul? Yeah, it, it definitely makes you think. And when I think about that, I, I always say that one thing that human beings have that perhaps animals and birds and bacteria and insects don't have, uh, you, you know, we, we have that greater sense of, uh, of self, you know, consciousness, the world and the universe around us, 
you know, we're not just instinctual, uh, gathering our food and we see something we don't understand. We, we run away, you know, we, we, we try to study it. We try if, if we want to watch an animal, you know, we walk very slowly toward it or reach out slowly showing that we're not aggressive. So, you know, I, I think no matter how smart these things would be, you know, I, I think that the, the path would be there for some kind of communication to say, Hey, we're not hostile. We want to communicate but then the question comes, would they want the same thing or would they just look at it as, Hey, they're, they're nothing to us. Let's uh, use them for food or, you know, take the resources. Uh, so that would be a, a very interesting, uh, I think a very interesting encounter and not necessarily a good one, depending on the, uh, the, the demeanor of the, the, uh, greater intelligence. You know, that's these are the things uh, which I think are great about this show, and and I hope we try and and and, and reason this through uh, in a, a very realistic way for you. And one of the arguments that kind of dovetails off of your thing, Paul, and and some of the statements I've made, and, and I'm reading a quote here actually from a, from another scientific uh, article, which says, "Just as ants can't make sense of human behavior." It's difficult or impossible for us to understand how an advanced race from a different part of the universe under a completely different environment would react to us. And one of the famous uh, astronomers of the past, that'd be, you know, Carl Sagan, of course, he's the guy who did the whole uh, Voyager thing and, uh, you know, put together the, uh, the golden record and everything else like that. He was in charge of that. He figured that any aliens, uh, this was his speculation, uh, that could be able to travel between the stars would be so advanced, this is what his thoughts were, that they would be beyond all the business of aggression and war and so forth. This is kind of, you know, Carl Sagan's the guy who wrote Contact, the movie, by the way, the book that the movie was based on. But Seth Sostak says, but this may be just a projection of what he hopes humans would do eventually. So uh, Sostak seems to think differently along with other scientists that he thinks that aggression probably evolved as a trait with people on Earth because it helped us gather and protect limited resources. And lots of scientists say that would be a common trait anywhere in the universe. So if Carl Sagan is right, then we would have a wise race that we encountered and they would treat us with consideration and respect. But if Sostak is correct – and other scientists, regardless of who they are, if resources are finite, they might evolve and say, hey, look, we're just a resource. Our planet is just a resource, and we'd probably be toast. Yeah, and I, and I think the counter argument to that, too, is, you know, we're saying the uh, the UFOs over the White House and man, many of the other uh, things people have seen, you know, in our skies that if this race was out there and they're already uh, surveilling us for all this time, then why haven't they already done it? You know, I was watching someone talk about uh, UFOs and uh, eventual extraterrestrial encounters uh, on YouTube the other day who made that point. You know, if, if we're already being visited, if they already know that we're here with some of the things that, that uh, people are seeing, you know, in skies, uh, and they're capable of wiping us out uh, just like an anthill. Well, why haven't they in, in all of this time? Why, why didn't they do it when we were 
significantly weaker in our, you know, weapons and technology. Why did they let us get this far uh, before actually saying it's time to uh, attack and take what they have? So I think I've got an answer for our audience for that. Something that I was something that I was talking about with my wife today, and I was mentioning when we were we had a get together with uh, some friends and family the other day, and I was telling you about that book Biocentrism. Mm-hmm. Uh, bios, and for those of you who want to have an interesting read, I can't get into all of that stuff, but we don't have enough time. And, and I'm actually, uh, it's a very difficult concept to explain in this kind of a show, but I'm not getting lost in the weeds here. Biocentrism is basically saying is that reality is observer dependent. That means that the, you, it's, it depends upon your consciousness of, of things. And time is observer dependent. Uh, and the scientists who believe in biocentrism, they are real scientists, and this is a really valid argument, which means time is is relative to you and I as human observers. We come up with this idea of time. It just doesn't exist independently in the universe. Well, what does that mean? That means that time may be different for an alien. And you'd say, what time is this? No, time is not the same. And that would be a whole other show, and I would be the wrong guy to explain it. It isn't a constant uh, as we think that it is. It is this observer-dependent thing. Now, here's an example. You know a little fruit fly that lives for 24 hours? Their entire lifespan is in a 24-hour period. How do they view that 24 hours? Do they view it like of 80 or 100 years that we do, or is it the same thing? Is it the same 24 hours? You get my point on this one, Paul? So yeah. when aliens are flying over, this may be just a flash in the pan for them. You know, we, yeah. may, be the, we may be the fruit fly that's, that we think it's a long time since we've seen you, you know? But we're, we're the ones that may be the fruit fly. And with them, if they're interstellar travelers, they may have a whole – wholly different uh, understanding of time, a relationship with time where it's not the same as ours. That's heavy stuff, which is the stuff for the people under the stairs. Here's the other thing really quick. I was telling Paul, and I'd love to hear from some of the audience on this for them to give us a little write-in on their opinion on this. You know, I've heard scientists say, I wish we didn't send that goddamn Voyager out there and be careful what you wish for. There are legitimate scientists who say, hey, man, the wary rabbit is seldom caught. You better keep your head in the gopher hole. Maybe you don't want to be flashing a flashlight out in the field saying, come and see us, SOS, because you might get what you wish for. And it might not be a happy day. And they they got that crude little map showing up. Right where we are, if the wrong people or things get a hold of it, it's coitins, I say. <laughs> it's coitins. Well, it's it's a legitimate argument, and, and that is one of the things. That is one of the legitimate arguments, just like the government's argument that if, if people found aliens, it would be like that scene in the movie Knowing, where they might be rioting, people might – social institutions might break down, people might be so frightened – uh, that they run out into the streets and figure it's like the apocalypse. That's really the, that was really the government's fear that it would be apocalyptic. Right. Right. So it all, it, it isn't all, um, it, it's a big unknown. And I don't know about you. It's kind of like Clint Eastwood and dirty Harry when he says, how you feeling? 
Are you feeling lucky? (laughs) (laughs) How do you guys feel out there? Do you feel lucky? Do you think uh, those aliens, if they're out there, are going to come down and solve cancer and make the world a better place and give us all the wonderful things? Or is it going to be like that uh, old Twilight episode, How to Serve Man, where when they – you remember when they uh, uh, interpreted the book? And you know, the cryptographer did the final interpretation, and he says, don't go on the thing. He says, to serve man, it's not a help book. It's a cookbook. <laughs> I remember that. And, that. and then there's the idea, too, that, that there's some uh, researchers and scientists that, that say that uh, some of these UFOs and bizarre lights that we see are, they're not from other planets. They're not interplanetary. They're interdimensional. You know, that they're coming you through, uh, you know, the, these windows to uh, another world that may be right next to ours. So mm-hmm. you know, that, that's a podcast in and of itself, all, all of the various uh, ideas. That, and some people who, I mean, there was uh, one individual, uh, Jacques Vallée, who uh, wrote a number of books on this topic. And, uh, you know, he was an atheist when he did this research on UFOs and extraterrestrials and his, mm-hmm. his ultimate conclusion was that these, they are interdimensional, not interplanetary and mm-hmm. uh, ultimate contact would not be good uh, because these things don't have our best interest at heart and that they are the angels and demons. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, you know, kind of a interesting and a little bit of a thought uh, to think about as well. So there's a lot to think about with this stuff. Uh, you can think about it on a philosophical basis. You can think about it on a gambling basis, just saying, are you feeling lucky? You know, on a, that's actually called a game-playing scenario kind of thing, a risk-benefits analysis. We can look at it in terms of pure science, probability theory. You can look at it from biocentrism. You can look at it from the, the world of astronomy and, and the facts that we have as a critical thinker. But the simple fact of the matter is, there's a lot to think about. There's no set answer for the things. The facts, uh, you know, uh, most of the facts that are out there lead us into just areas of speculation, you know. But it's uh, stuff that we're going to have to think more seriously about at some point in time because probably some one of these scenarios at some point in time has a, a reasonable likelihood of happening. And I think we're about out of uh, – about out of time, Paul, on this uh, outstanding topic. I, to me, it's, it's I got a little bit of the goosebumps coming up uh, on it and could probably talk about it for nine more days. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, this, this is definitely a topic that uh, I've researched for a lot of years and there's a lot of theories out there and you, you could just go on and on. But my closing thought would be this. You know, keep keep an open mind because we don't know, you know, mm-hmm. and if, if something like this happens, you know, I, for one, would not panic. I, I look at it this way. My personal view is uh, if it's not malevolent, well, then that might be a good thing. If it is and it wipes us out, you know, uh, talk about, you know, the uh, the biocentrism that you were talking about. I believe the consciousness uh, the energy of consciousness survives death. So they may, you know, um, blow up my physical body with, uh, with a laser beam from a ship. But then there's a part of me that's going uh, somewhere else, you know, back to back to source, as some say. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, I keep an open mind. I don't let these kind of things, uh, you know, get me in a panic. And if it were to happen, I wouldn't be running in the streets going, it's the end of the world. Oh, my God. You know, I would just kind of sit back, see what was going to happen. And uh, I guess accept it as the uh, tale unfolds, whether it be good, bad or indifference. You know, I I think the whole panic factor and in, in, in people uh, uh, like when they were broadcast uh, Orson Welles. Uh, War of the World. They were, uh, you know, people were throwing their, you know, throwing their uh, their money out of the window. It's the mm-hmm. end of the world. We, we repent. They were going absolutely bonkers. There's yeah. no need for that that kind of mentality. I don't think. You know. Yeah, that's um, a that's a good example. I'm 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 shocked that I forgot that we have had that one scenario in the 30s uh, where he was actually thrown off the air after that. Yeah. Yeah, then the Mercury Theater because he scared the shit out of people. Where they the, the old H.G. Wells, the War of the Worlds, the, it was the play by the Mercury Theater, and people thought it was actually happening. But with that, uh, you know, I, I I think we have to close out. But ten seconds, I would have to disagree with Paul about sitting back and taking it lightly. I I think that um, that's a nice thought. But if you think of the Trump derangement syndrome right now, <laughs> just with Donald Trump as president. Wow, it would be nothing. You'd say, "Wow, Donald Trump is nothing." There's aliens. You know, people would really flip out. But we will be back with some very, very interesting shows in the future. Am I correct, Paul? We are in these last couple of shows. If uh, if we're not as sharp, uh, like I said, I just got over the uh, stomach bug, and now I'm catching a cold, so uh, I'm firing on maybe uh, four of my six cylinders. And uh, <laughs> we, we will we'll, we will be sharper in, in, in future shows. Um, sometimes I have a thought and I'm not, I don't feel I'm articulating it uh, the best that I could because uh, I'm in a little bit of a, a brain fog with this. I'm sorry, Paul. I'll try and do better. I'll try and do better for our fans and I'll try and do better for you and I'll try and do better for the aliens. You know, this, this is Stan's fault because he's... Uh, He's promoting panic in the face of aliens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you did great, Paul, and I hope everybody enjoyed the show. So at least for me, I'm saying it was nice talking to everybody and all you people in outer space as well. If you're listening, don't do bad things to me. I'll catch you all later. We're out. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. <laughs> And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week 
and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called, Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called, Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern-day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side, available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there.